All right. Welcome, everyone, to Real Raw Health with your host, Nikki Burnett of Taste Life Nutrition, and myself, Matt Rowe of Parsley Pet. During our show, we are talking about your pet's health, raw feeding, and the health our pets bring to us with love. And you know what? Nikki and I do end up talking a little bit about human health, too, because we're both passionate about that. And <laughs> nerds. <laughs> What's it? Because we're nerds? Nerds. <laughs> I'd much rather be a healthy nerd. I know, me too. <laughs> so um, today, what are we talking about today on the show, Nikki? I'm excited. <laughs> well, so what I told you I put in my calendar was fat dogs. <laughs> That's how you reminded yourself that today was all about why my dog is overweight. You had fat dogs in there. I have well fat dogs. Yeah. Speaking of fat dogs, I was driving down the road yesterday and I, you know, corgis, how cute they are and how low to the ground they are. Yeah. And there were two of them and yeah. the family was walking with the two corgis who were probably twice the size they should have been. So the bellies were on the ground and it was like, oh, not quite on the ground. That's, that's an exaggeration, but they were so fat and I just went, oh man. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to say we can do something like about this. Let me help you. Right. Your dog can get healthier, and his belly. You don't have to clean it every time you go for a walk. I, oh, I know. Oh man. Oh, well, that's yeah. why we do what we do, right? Oh, oh that's what I need. I need a card. I need a real raw health card. I can just throw. I could have thrown it at him. He's throwing it. Just attend to. I'm doing a Facebook live tomorrow. Just watch the show, right? <laughs> And this show, it's not about shaming anybody or saying that your dog overweight is that what we're talking about is it's out of at some point with everything that we have been taught for all of these years about what we're supposed to feed our dogs when we go into the vet and you've limited the portions and you've done everything you can to get your dog as healthy as it can be. And your dog is still putting on weight and can't figure out some of those pieces. Now you could say, okay, I feed my dog off the table. That's what it was ever since I was a kid. Don't feed your dog off the table. Don't feed your dog off the table. Your dog's going to get fat. And I'm saying it's not you feeding your dog off the table that's making them fat. <laughs> right. If you're feeding like hamburger buns and all that kind of stuff, but if you're taking a piece of meat off the table and you're throwing it down, that is not making them fat. No. The only thing, the only thing that we want to be aware of, and I feel the need to put this out there, you know, people, we don't want to feed dogs from the table because then dogs, it just creates bad habits, right? I mean, that's really all it is, but you know, we don't, I don't even let our dogs in the kitchen because they make me crazy. These three dogs just all around me. I'm like, get out of the kitchen. Um, But, but yeah, you know, and, and it's true. I actually saw one time uh, the, the dog food bowl, with the kibble in it, not here, somewhere else. We're rid of friends. Dog food bowl, kibble in it. You're killing me, girl. <laughs> but in in the dog food bowl was a half of a hot dog bun. He's like a bun? A half a hot dog bun. I'm like, this is not no, this is not what we do. No. Please no. And you know, what do you say? And of course I didn't say anything, but right. and they know how I am. So, you know, I, I can't say more than they know. So anyway, it is what it is, but it's one of those things, you know, we, yes, we give dogs food and we, and it's not human food, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's food. 
um, but we give them appropriate food for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And remember, your dog has pointy teeth because they're carnivores and they eat meat. They don't eat hot dog buns. No, they don't eat hot dog nope. buns. Yeah, no chocolate, no gummy bears, no hot dog buns, no any of that. So you're thinking about it is is on that side of if they can't grab a hold of it with their pointy teeth, they can swallow it down. I've seen Leo swallow. It, it's amazing what how big yeah. his throat is. Uh, it but, is easy, isn't it? how they suck it down so fast yeah. well i yeah. mean imagine a dog in the wild i mean if yeah. you have a pack of dogs fighting for food yeah it's called eat as fast mm -hmm. as you can yeah but we're not in packs anymore they can eat as you know but they have this instinct to just eat whatever you put out for them yeah. and yeah. so yeah we have to use some discretion as human beings we have opposable thumbs and we have um, a prefrontal cortex that can layer logic and reasoning on top of things so yes, like we have that ability and I think we should exercise that ability with our dogs to say, eh, is this right? Is this wrong? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, they have big canines in their mouth for a reason. Yeah. Because they're meant to eat rabbits and squirrels and other, you know, decaying animals as disgusting as that is. But yeah, they're scavenging. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And that's what they're built to eat. You feed them what they're built to eat and they're going to be lean and mean um but you start adding in even if you're feeding raw if you start adding in too many carbs like sweet potatoes they can do some sweet potatoes it's fine but if you do too many sweet potatoes if you do too many too much rice which they don't need rice please don't give your dogs rice they don't need rice lots of arsenic lots, what it has a lot of arsenic a lot it. of arsenic yeah and there's just nothing to it for them you know people are like okay I, they need a they need a diet with just you know a couple of ingredients because they have an upset tummy or they're sensitive or whatever. So it's like okay, fish and rice or chicken and rice. I'm like, no, please. <laughs> and why is that? So when you make that statement, you say no sweet, you know, limit the sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I feed my dogs pumpkin and sweet potatoes, but in you know not a big amount like a tablespoon. But why? Why is rice bad? Why is, you know, why is these types of food bad? What does it do? So it increases their blood glucose for one. So it's going to increase their blood glucose, which is going to increase their insulin. Um, and all of those things, uh, it's just that that's what makes them fat. What's what makes them pre-diabetic and diabetic. Um, you know, dogs aren't supposed to have pancreatic issues. They're not supposed to have, you know, pancreatic um, insufficiencies. And I mean, they're built just to eat meat and then a few little other things thrown in, but you know, it's not starches and you know, these foods that are good for us. And I would say rice isn't necessarily good for us, but sweet potatoes certainly are, you know, we're built to eat, you know, these vegetables and these starchy foods, um, you know, sweet potatoes and, you know, peas and things like that. Those are, you know, yeah. how we're built. We have, a much longer GI tract. Um, I think our acidities, we're not as acidic as dogs are, you know, in the, in the stomach. Mm -hmm. um, and they take food in and they get rid of it very quickly, whereas mm -hmm. ours sits. And so um, it, going back to the, the, the carbohydrates, it's, that's just not how they're built. So they don't, they don't process it well. And they don't have the enzymes that are necessary to break down um, you know, vegetable matter, even, you know, vegetable matter, which, you know, we would think is good, 
um, they don't have that, which is why we have to break it down for them. You know, we can't expect them to go chew a carrot and it's going to, it's going to be broken down because it's probably going to come out the other end in just big pieces and parts. <laughs> yes, it does. It looks yeah. like, oh my God, there's a carrot again. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It doesn't break it down. But if you take a look at the starch matter, so let's say you fed a hamburger bun. So your dog eats a hamburger bun and on that, it is going to process very quickly because that short digestive tract, but they convert to sugar mm-hmm. quick as they can. And they have that insulin response. And that's why we had a show last week about diabetes in dogs. And that was, you know, also, you know, well, I'm looking at it. No, we haven't had the diabetes one yet, have we? Uh, well, we talked, we talked no. about inflammation. We talked about sugar. We talked about sugar. That's what it was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because we talked about sugar in there. And this is just really what's happening. And so because of that short digestive tract and a half of a hamburger got bun for us is like nothing. Now, let's say you have a 50-pound dog that is 100 pounds less than you are. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, half a hamburger bun is huge. Mm-hmm. That's going to have much more of a larger impact than you know it would for us on that those cases but yes your dog's converting into sugar having the insulin response and so now if you continue to do that your dog is naturally going to put on fat because they'd had to i mean look at ancestrally with your dog in the wild your dog was you know scavenger opportunistic feeder they would feast and famine based upon what they killed or what they came upon and found And so in that mode is they were used to not eating for a little bit. So, and they were constantly running and moving and exercising and going out and doing their dog things that they did in the wild, which was highly, highly active. And they had to, to stay alive. And then when they came upon food, they gorged on the food that they didn't find in order to find, you know, wait for the next meal. Now living with us, they don't do that anymore. I'm begging my children to go walk our dog when we're, when my wife and I are at work. Yeah. You know, you look at that, they're not getting that same level of exercise Mm -hmm. that they would have experienced. And then also they're getting regular meals every day. Mm -hmm. I know my dogs get two a day. Mm -hmm. And so with that, when you're looking at putting those types of things in, this is really what's starting to catch up to them. And, you know, you're looking at the wrong meals, the wrong foods, and the foods that have a a high amount of sugar, but it's the repetition of the amount of sugar that they're consuming. And do you think this is starting to point to why dogs are becoming overweight and having more incidences of diabetes? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, you know, and more so, because so few people, I mean, we're getting there, but so few people actually feed raw. Um, so even if they're feeding wrong, you know, then, you know, that's one thing, but it's more about the kibble and the high starch content in the kibble, um, plus the inflammatory uh, reaction that it creates when they eat this kibble, because kibble is inflammatory, right. just period. And so what's the, what's the basis of disease? What starts disease? Well, it's inflammation, right? And right. yeah, so everything, any, any disease, um, is going to be based in inflammation. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to go over a food here in a little bit, but 
-hmm. we can look at foods, kibble, that we believe to be healthy food. And I'm looking at this one in particular with, with, it's got real food in it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it looks like it's got real food. It's not food, but it looks like real food. Like, oh, this is really nice. But all of it is super starchy. Why? Because it's cheap and it's a filler. And dogs need protein. They need fat. They need virtually no carbohydrate. Right. Because they're just not designed to break that down and use it. Yeah. So I think when, um, you know, if we start to, I was actually talking to some uh, friends last night about all of this and it was really, it's really fun to see the reaction on people when I say, um, your dog is supposed to eat food. Like you're talking people food, mm-hmm. which is just food. And so we, he's kind of right. going through the whole thing and they were just, they were blown away. It was really fun though. It was a really amazing and fun conversation that we had, but they were like, we got to know how to do this because we've never heard of this and we love our dogs and we want to, you know, treat our dogs. And mm-hmm. the young girl is a vet tech and wants to be a certified vet tech. I'm like, we need to talk because you can touch a lot of people. And right. so I love that. I love that. Um, but people are so surprised. And so when we're feeding raw, you know, we want to look at mostly meat. We want to look at bone and organ because those are going to give them the nutrients, you know, additional nutrients that they need that's not in muscle meat. The bone's going to give them their minerals. Um, And so those are the most important things that we can do. And then, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. We'll do um, some kelp or spirulina or um, something like that. We'll do some ginger. Um, I'll supplement periodically. We just had one of our girls spayed. And so for her, she's getting some good liver support because she was under anesthesia. Um, And so that's really, really important. So if if you give you know, annual vaccinations, they're going to need liver support. I'm going to say we shouldn't give annual vaccinations unless they're puppies. Um, and, you know, if you have chemicals in the house, you know, we want to help their little bodies to detoxify um, yep. those pro- proper nutrients. But um, anyway, I just kind of wanted to give an overview of what it looks like to, to feed raw because I know that people get really overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit of a habit change. It's, it's much more than, you know, scooping but i say this all the time it takes me between five and ten minutes to feed three medium-sized dogs you know 230 yeah. and 150 pound dog and so it doesn't take very long to feed them at all mm-hmm. you just got to create the habit and, and and understand what it's about and it's it's really very very simple mm-hmm. yeah like yesterday i made seven days of food for both of my puppies and or both my dogs and i just put it in the freezer and then we just cycle the food containers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So when you're really looking at this and it's a mind shift change is you, mm-hmm. at some point I had to shift what I thought about what it took to feed a dog and feed mm-hmm. my dog. And yeah. so, and with some support and with some individuals that I spoke to and as they kind of guided me along, like if you're in town here, raw dog food company is great. Dee mm-hmm. Mercer, she'll walk you through and make sure that you feel comfortable in not only your habit change, but also in what's the right food to get for my puppy. And so really when you're walking into that is go slow, go slow, go Mm -hmm. intentional. And when Mm -hmm. you're stepping into that space, you can start to change that habit. It is definitely, it's not impossible. And for the expense side of it, 20% more, 15% more in some cases. Yeah. 
that's where, I mean, how often do you take your dogs to the vet when they're sick? Yeah, they get a checkup once a year. That's about it. <laughs> you guys see that pause that she gave in there and as she tried to think about the last time she took her dogs to the vet, that's what happened. Yeah. When you're feeding your dog correctly, they don't get sick. They they are healthy. I mean, I have a 14-year-old chihuahua that is on the verge of killing me every evening. And still at 14 years old, he's still spry enough to kind of come after that. Now, yeah. in all those cases, it's just because they are actually, their body is absorbing the right nutrients that they need to have mm -hmm. from the foods that they're eating. Because that's the only way that they can actually receive minerals is from food that they're eating. So we were going to talk a little bit about what is in a bag of dog food. What is on the ingredient panel mm -hmm. that, I mean, really, so if I'm buying dog food, what am I in? I'm buying kibble. What am I really feeding my dog? Well, I chose this particular one. This is um, this is Kirkland, which is Costco. I hear people buying Costco food all the time. Costco yep. dog food. Um, and but it's their organic chicken. I think it's organic chicken and rice, or I think that's what it is. Organic Nature's Domain organic chicken and pea formula. So. The reason I chose organic is because, you know, people tell me that they buy the, the, the best dog food that they can, that it's always organic and that, you know, which makes it expensive, more expensive. And I think this is for, how much is this? So this is 70, almost $73 for a 30 pound bag. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. A 30 pound bag of dog food. Mm -hmm. Season two, episode three, we talked about rancid fats. I've yeah. never seen, even with your three dogs, it take you what, a week and a half to go get through a 30 pound bag of dog food? Probably. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. I guess I don't know what their portions are on here, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. you're going to leave that bag open for longer than five days mm -hmm. the fat went rancid so mm -hmm. now you just introduce another mm -hmm. toxin into your dog's diet yeah. because yeah you can't get through a 30 pound bag of dog food now granted i haven't done that for years right yeah if you have a bag of dog food 30 pound bag of kirkland kirkland's dog food any kind of dog food mm -hmm. and you've had it for more than a week the fat is rancid in that food yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry really important. If, if, if a fat's rancid, it's then uh, very likely carcinogenic, right? And yep. so we're dealing enough with cancer in our dogs and in ourselves. Um, we don't need to make it, you know, increase the incidence, increase the chance of cancer. Yes. Um, but yeah, kind of what I wanted to, to throw out there on top of that. So great point is, you know, is organic you know, what I, what I say a lot is I don't care if you're paying $500 for an organic kibble for five pounds of kibble, it's still toxic. It's still damaging. There's nothing good about any kibble out there. I don't care how much you pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's just all different variations of bad. <laughs> so yeah. this particular one, um, I lost my ingredients. There, there it is. So the particular, the, it starts with, which it sounds great. So I'm going to read some of these off to you. Organic chicken, organic peas, organic lentils, organic garbanzo beans, 
organic sweet potatoes, organic potatoes. So those are mostly the, that's the top portion of it. And we'll get into mm -hmm. some of this other stuff in a minute. But the organic chicken, wow, that's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But then everything else is a starch. And those are the right. all the ingredients listed. That's a hell of a lot of starches, mm -hmm. sugars that dogs don't need and don't want. Yeah. It's, it's too much, way too much. And I bet you if you did the carbohydrate calculation, that is you're sitting at over 45% carbohydrates yeah. with that mix. Yeah, I didn't calculate it, but yeah, I think I, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, it's 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 I mean, a lot. I mean, if you're a food producer, and this is Kirkland's organic, if you're a food producer and realize based on AVCO standards, and AVCO sets the standards of what is the requirement for nutrients and vitamins and that nutritional profile within dog food, which I think they're, they're tainted by big food industry. And so I'm not a big AVCO fan. There's better mm -hmm. ways to calculate that. So yeah. when you look at that, APCO has actually lowered the requirement on protein mm -hmm. in the diet. So now, you know, Kirkland being a business, a very large business, they are doing the minimum amount of protein they can get away with inside that, uh, in that bag of dog food. Yeah. So it's the minimum amount of protein, but it's not near enough of the requirement that a dog actually needs. Would you say 80 right. to 90%? What? Um, requirement protein? for protein? Yeah. 22. No, no, I'm sorry. Not the requirement, but what dogs actually need. 80 to 90% protein. Yeah. Like a predominant yeah. with protein that comes in and they realize that actually feeding raw is not a high, high level of protein. It's everything else, all the bioavailability of all the nutrients and everything else. Yeah. That right. is really where it gets its strength. Mm -hmm. Why raw is so good. Mm -hmm. is when you look at that, yes, a dog does require 80 to 90% of protein mm -hmm. inside of its diet. Um, but that's a, a ratio based on how much food, not the total requirement on all of it. But when you're looking at it is when a diet consists of 40, over 40% carbohydrates, this is going to have an insulin response trigger. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you do it every day however many times a day, it's really, really hard on a little body. Yep. And, um, go ahead. No, if it was a singular event, I fed kibble food to my dog and my dog got sick and threw up right away. We'd immediately in our brains go, oh, I'm not feeding kibble anymore. Yeah. When it happens over a five year period and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden they start throwing up, we're like, oh my gosh, what did he get into? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Why is this going down this road? because we never traced it back to the initial yeah. moment of when mm -hmm. you began feeding your dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, the next ingredient on here, which makes me cringe, makes me crazy, organic canola oil. I've got my druthers on canola oil. I think it should be against the law to actually put canola, canola oil in anything. It actually thins the lining of your stomach bad, bad news and highly, highly inflammatory. I did a, I did a, I had my radio show this morning. And so we were talking about cholesterol and how, you know, the American Heart Association is still pushing canola oil as heart healthy when, you know, especially, you know, I, you know, on, on, on patients who are extremely, extremely sick with massive cardiovascular disease, diabetes, all of these things. And they're saying, yes, canola oil is actually 
heart healthy for you and what it's doing is it's killing them. This is literally killing people, especially who are already severely inflamed, which are those people. Yeah. It's, it but, sickens me. Yeah. When's the last time you had a canola salad? <laughs> well, if I did, I didn't know it. <laughs> you didn't know it. Like we don't, yeah. we don't eat the yeah. leaves of canola, at least with avocado oil. I eat avocados. I know right. that that is good, healthy fat. <laughs> And, you know, you look at olive oil, I have olives and, you know, you look at it, you can trace it back. I've never had a canola salad. I've never yeah. had canola leaves drizzled over top to create my canola. No, you're mm -hmm. not. It's not mm -hmm. there because it's something that is very cheap to produce. And yeah. it meets scientifically like the fat requirements, but at the end of it, it's still something that's undigestible by us. It's toxic. It is so freaking toxic. It just, it hurts my heart when I see this. And again, so many people buy this stuff. So get this. So the next, um, next one over is organic sunflower meal, then organic canola meal. So now they're grinding it up and creating, turning it into a powder. Mm -hmm. That's sick, Nikki. It is, it is, it is, you know, and a lot of people know this is from canola oil is from rapeseed. It's a, it's a, a seed that animals and insects don't eat because it's toxic as just a seed. Yeah. So it's, it's awful stuff. So then we have organic flaxseed. Fine. What is that? What's that doing? Maybe it's a little bit of fiber. Um, are they putting it in there because it's supposed to be an omega three to also then we can dig into Flaxseed is not, it's a, it's a precursor to omega-3, like a, like the, the usable form of omega-3. It's actually called ALA. Um, but it's, it must, ALA must be converted into the usable, usable form DHA and EPA, which is what's the usable form is from fish in most cases. Right. Right. So the, the ability to, to convert ALA to EPA and DHA is really, really inefficient, both with humans and with dogs. My bet actually is dogs don't have the ability at all because it's not something they're, they're supposed to eat. I don't know that to be the case. Obviously their genetics are different than mine. I know our genetics, um, for one, it's an, an inefficient conversion. For two, genetically, we may not have the ability to convert at all. So, um, Again, my bet, I don't know, but my bet is they don't have the ability to convert at all because why would they? Because they eat meat where they get right. their omega-3s. So um, anyway, that's that's my thought. Next one is natural flavor, which I don't even want to know what that is because that natural flavor is ne never good. <laughs> natural flavoring. When they put natural flavorings, it could be one of 108 different chemicals that have been outlawed in Europe. <laughs> So when you look at that natural flavoring is just one of those things that is created in a lab and they just want to make it taste right. And so they mm -hmm. add that in, even for human food, definitely yeah. watch a package and make sure that if it says natural flavorings, we think, oh, it's natural. No, natural is a word that they're allowed to use. Marketing. There's nothing natural about it. Yeah. So in human food, I don't know if it's the same here, but for humans, natural flavor typically means MSG. A lot of the times means MSG, which is monosodium glutamate. 
Yep. So I want to make a point here, and maybe this can be dogs as well. I don't, I don't know, but I think it's an interesting point for humans, maybe for dogs. So MSG, um, we glutamate, glutam, glutamine is mm -hmm. converted to glutamate, which is then converted to to GABA. So glutamate is excitatory, and it's kind of when I go through the pathway, I go up because it's excitatory. Um, and then it, GABA is calming. So what happens for a lot of people who are sensitive to MSG mm -hmm. is that conversion from, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. conversion from glutamate doesn't, there's the enzyme that converts from glutamate to MSG mm -hmm. is it's either not there or it's dysfunctional or whatever the case may be. It can be due to, I think it's usually due to genetics. But that conversion doesn't happen, so you stay in that excitatory state. So you get nervous and anxiety and all of these things. When, mm -hmm. You know, you don't have when it doesn't convert. And you know, we have a lot of dogs who have anxiety, who have, um, you know, they get excited and they're excitable. We don't know why. And right. Calm down. Besides the fact that maybe they're not getting enough exercise. But is that the same thing that could happen? Can the same thing happen to dogs? I don't know why it couldn't, but I don't know that to be the case. Right. It's biological. But yeah, I've always attributed MSG as a neurotoxin. Exactly. Where it's going to exactly. go up and excite the brain. And I, yeah, and I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not really sure what the effects of MSG are, is on our animals. But I do know that anything biological at that standpoint is going to somewhat try to administer that MSG the same way. So if it becomes excitable in us, I would imagine it's going to become excitable. I certainly think so. Yeah, if it's a neurotoxin for us, you would expect it to be the same for them. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's move on. I uh, move through some of this. So, organic pea protein. Um, then we move into the amino acids. And so, we talked about this last week or a couple of weeks ago that mm -hmm. um, amino acids, typically in dog food, are synthetic. Um, mm -hmm. And so, that's, that's a, that's, it's, it's frustrating because when things are synthetic and, and put into the body, usually the body doesn't respond well or doesn't even know how to respond um, because right. it doesn't recognize it. And so you think about synthetic vitamin E. So they have in here, it's another one, they have vitamin E, but it doesn't tell us what form, which is what always makes me go, tell me what form it is, and then I'll believe that you're doing the right thing. And it doesn't, just says right. vitamin E. So my bet is it's synthetic. The body doesn't know what to do with it. Um, it's really frustrating. So uh, moving on, it does have some kelp, uh, more minerals, and then we get into the vitamins. Most of those are going to be synthetic. We know the right. vitamin D doesn't tell us what form. Folic acid is synthetic, period. We want folate. It says vitamin B B12. It's going to be synthetic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, it goes back to, and I said this earlier today too, is um, looking deeper, really understanding the rest mm -hmm. of the story, because this isn't the full story right here. This isn't telling, yeah. and I'm sorry, I have another, I have another monitor over here. So I'm looking up at it. Um, but you know, we, there's always more, there's always more, whether it's a condition you're dealing with, if it's ingredients, if it's whatever, if there, if it's a whole list of ingredients, there's usually always more to it. Um, yeah. So we always want to ask why we always want to ask what we always want to dig. The answer isn't you need a drug. Typically, not always, but typically, the answer isn't you need kibble. It's we need food, we need real nutrition, mm -hmm. um, and th that's what's going to keep most of the drugs away anyway for all of us, including the dogs. Yeah. and I like how you said real food, mm -hmm. real nutrition. 
We start yeah. feeding ourselves and we start feeding our dogs the way they were meant to be fed. Mm-hmm. And the foods that make them feel good, we start to see their health improve. And we actually allow their body to repair. Their bodies are a beautiful, our bodies, their bodies are a beautiful machine that is always trying to stay in a state of homeostasis, which is health, is mm-hmm. in that thriving state. Because if you're not, you don't reproduce you don't live you you're really you're not your genetic line which is what we are really wanting to have propagate for years and centuries to come doesn't happen if i eat bad foods right i can't do that then all of a sudden that goes against everything that was intuitively is my mission to do and so your dog is really meant to be healthy i mean have you ever helped a dog that was out um swimming and they couldn't swim very well and you go swim out to them and you grab them and you help them they think you're going to drown them so what do they do they attack you they yeah you. yeah yeah uh-huh. they try to bite you because they don't know what you're doing but i mean this is something that that same response to protect themselves in water they're wanting to have that same response as well mm-hmm. and so their body is constantly fighting to keep them alive and keep them healthy and so by feeding them that raw base diet, you're allowing them to live in a state of health instead of a state of pain or inflammation or being overweight. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect ending. <laughs> well, thank you, Nikki. So, how what's the best way somebody can get a hold of you? Because you have so much amazing stuff happening here mm-hmm. in the next month that I'm so excited about. So, tell tell everyone about you. <laughs> So I am pretty much everywhere. I'm Taste Life Nutrition. So the website, tastelifenutrition.com. Any of the social media is going to be Taste Life Nutrition. Um, I am trying to get things going and get out there more and more, uh, which has been a lot of fun. I do have a fun little picture that we put up recently um, of one of my little pups, Aspen. She's kissing my nose. One of my favorite pictures. I have an amazing photographer, Kaylin Aquisto. Um, I have to put it out there because she did such a great job with these photos. Um, and so the, the biggest thing is the course. So we are, we are just getting closer and closer to being able to launch this. There's still stuff to do, but um, we've created a five-day challenge that, that kind of leads into the course. And so it's a free five-day challenge to get a feel for, for what it's about and what we want to do and how we can help. And it's a, it's a co-creation between me and two, uh, two good friends and referral partners. They're neurologically based chiropractors. So um, they're at Wild and Precious Optimal Living. I want to throw that out as well because they're awesome at what they do. And uh, and that's it. So we're trying to just get that going and get people um, into this this little free challenge that we're doing on October 5th. Mm-hmm. What I should have done is put up a, uh, is have a, a link. I have a bit.ly link, but um, uh, maybe I'll do that next week. But anyway, okay. so it starts October 5th. You can always go to my Facebook page. It's all over the Facebook page. And if you want to sign up, it's going to be a really cool course. I'm super stoked about it. So um, yeah, that's where we are. That is awesome. I am looking forward to it as well. I got to remember to sign up for your five-day challenge. So anybody watching, sign up for the five-day challenge with Nikki. (laughs) Take the next steps. Even if you don't do anything else, I know Nikki and I know the value that you're going to receive from just taking a five-day challenge is going to blow your mind. You're going to sit there and say, wow, I didn't realize I could feel this good. And it's going to create so much awareness. 
and I know that on some level too, it's not going to be this huge, oh, you can never eat this again, or you can't do this again. No. She's going to give you that awareness. So you make that choice for yourself. Yes, no, absolutely. I want to eat this because that makes me feel good. And mm-hmm. I don't want to eat that because I feel like crap at the end of it. So yeah, so that's why I'm excited. I love your philosophy and I love what you do. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, I appreciate that. So yeah, you have amazing stuff. So thank you. You don't have to. You do. I'm I'm super excited about about what you do. I just love it. And it's fun. And this is where we get to see what actually is happening inside your dog's body from the foods that they are eating. So with all of that is we want to test 48 different minerals and nutrients inside your dog's body and see what they're lacking and see what they may have too much in because nutrients are the Goldilocks principles. Ideal is right in the middle. So definitely you can always find us at parsleypet.com and order the nutritional blueprint because then you will know, am I doing it right? Am I feeding my dog the right way? And this is based on also taking a look at parts per billion on the nutritional levels within your dog. So this is gives you numbers and that objective viewpoint to say, oh, it's not somebody's you know theory or opinion or scientific research. This is really kind of it's, what's exactly happening inside my dog. Yeah, it's data. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is data. And once you have the data, you can make incredible decisions to keep them happy and healthy for years and years and years to come. Data is power. It truly is. And it, it empowers you to take the right steps uh, for you, for your dog. It's good stuff. Amen. Well, thank you, Nikki, so much for the show today. I had a blast. This is awesome. Um, really good information. And I'm still not stopping gummy bears. But <laughs> oh, we all have a weakness, right? <laughs> we all do. We all have our vices. We just don't know where they're all at. <laughs> all right. Oh, we'll see you, right. Nikki. Talk Bye, to you guys. Soon. Bye, man. Bye.